MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, May 14th, 2020. Today, the test the White House uses for COVID sucks. Manafort gets to go home to serve the rest of his sentence. The Fed chair has some dire predictions. Dr. Bright will testify to Congress. Grocery prices rise to their highest levels in 50 years. And an extensive interview with FBI counterintelligence expert Frank Figluzzi about Obamagate and the dangerous next steps from the Department of Justice. I'm your host, A.G. Hey, everybody, welcome. It is A.G. I'm by my lonesome uh, today. I'm looking forward to our quarantine happy hour this weekend. Uh, We'll be sending out the day and time to our patrons shortly. If you're not a patron and you want in on these, as well as ad-free episodes that you get the night before they go public, you get our newsletter, my personal research notes and citations, bonus content, access to the MSW Book Club episodes, and great thank you gifts. All your wildest dreams will come true for as little as three bucks a month. And your support helps us provide health care and 401ks to our staff. So thank you to all our patrons. Uh, And times are tough. If you cannot swing it, we totally understand. We tweet out the link to the public for our meet and greet um, for the second half of the happy hour. And so you just watch our Twitter at Daily Beans Pod for that. And we'll send that out to the public um, for those who who, uh, can't make the first hour. You just can't swing being a patron right now, which there's a lot of folks that are struggling. All we ask is that you subscribe to Daily Beans for free and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts if that's the way you swing, if you have a minute, if you swing Apple. Um, we have so much news today, and probably one of the best interviews I've had in a long time, and, and I had the honor of participating in with former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence, Frank Figluzzi. He's been on our program before, um, and, and we're going to address the Obamagate, um, you know, <laughs> Twitter meltdown of Mother's Day, the Mother's Day meltdown. Plus, Jordan is going to drop by later for the good news and quarantine confessions. And a quick shout out to They Might Be Giants for composing and performing all of our music on this podcast. Truly an honor um, to have them do that for us. Please support They Might Be Giants. Check them out. One of my favorite bands of all time. A little trivia. They also performed the theme song for The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. And they won an Emmy for the theme song for Malcolm in the Middle. Just an incredible band. Been around forever. All right. We do have a lot to get to. So without further ado, let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, let's start with the Health and Human Services whistleblower, Dr. Rick Bright, who was going to be testifying to Congress uh, today, tomorrow, if you're a patron getting this early. He was ousted from his his position at BARDA in retaliation for going against Trump's call for hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine, among other things. Uh, you need to read his whistleblower complaint if you have not. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but he will testify before the House Committee on Energy and Commerce um, and Commerce's Health Subcommittee. And he will warn us that the U.S. will face unprecedented illness and fatalities without preparation. Uh, and he will testify that the Trump administration was unprepared for the pandemic. Quote, our window of opportunity is closing. If we fail to develop a national coordinated response based in science, I fear the pandemic will get far worse and be prolonged causing unprecedented illness and fatalities. Without clear planning and implementation of the steps I and other experts have outlined, 2020 will be the darkest winter in modern history. Unquote. And this comes, by the way, from his prepared testimony, a copy of his prepared testimony that was obtained by CNN 
um, on Wednesday. He'll also tell Congress he believes he was removed from his post at BARDA because he, he resisted efforts to promote and enable broad access to an unproven drug, chloroquine, to Americans without transparent information on the health risks. Trump, there was an email that they wanted to flood the market in New York and New Jersey with donated hydroxychloroquine from India and Pakistan, that uh, f- factories that the FDA had not approved. Um, those were donated despite his... Um, misgivings, those were donated, and, and he was told he had to put those put those out into the market. He will also testify that he sought to warn his superiors about shortages of critical medical supplies earlier this year, but that he was dismissed and faced hostility, actually, and marginalization from, his, from the Health and Human Services officials, political appointees. Uh, he'll also uh, call for key steps to improve the government's response to the pandemic and head off a spike in cases in the fall, Um, by increasing education of preventive measures for the public, ramping up production of PPE, and developing a national testing strategy. From his, more from his prepared testimony here, quote, as I reflect on the past few months of this outbreak, it's painfully clear that we were not as prepared as we should have been. We missed early warning signals, and we forgot important pages from our pandemic playbook, unquote. Uh, Dr. Bright is currently seeking to be reinstated as the head of the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, that's BARDA, and the Office of Special Counsel, not Mueller, just different special counsel, has determined there is reason to believe his removal was in fact retaliatory, uh, and they are recommending he be reinstated while they investigate this. Uh, he's, he's detrimental uh, as the head of BARDA, but Health and Human Services disagrees with that position. They deny any of this is real. Um, more from his uh, prepared remarks, quote, the virus is out there. It's everywhere. We need to be able to find it, to isolate it, and to stop it from infecting more people. We need tests that are accurate, rapid, easy to use, low cost, and are available to everyone who needs them. And uh, uh, personally, on on a side note, I can't believe so many states, including the one I'm in, are willing to open up um, at all. I mean, I, I guess... They're expecting there to be a lull over the summer and then they'll close it down. But would they close it down in time before fall? It's going to commingle with the flu season. It's going to make it 10 times more difficult. We have about 16 weeks to prepare for this and we're doing nothing. I mean, the federal government, I should say. I think we'll hear that from Dr. Bright. I personally don't think anyone should go anywhere until you are inoculated. At least until after the, you know, the, the winter season is over. It's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, if you listen to McNeil, who's been on Matto, um, without, you know, fever clinics and contact tracing, just a bunch of stuff that's going to really, really get up in the craw of people who have personal liberty issues with, you know, being tracked and traced. It's... <clears throat> it's going to be tough. And I, I recommend, I think we're going to look back on this summer and be like, why were we so fucking stupid? We had a playbook. The, the administration got rid of it. Why were we reopening? Why didn't we learn from the 20 or the 1918 flu? Why didn't we learn from what's going on in Wuhan right now? Singapore? Anyone? It just seems, it just blows my mind that no one is taking this seriously. I guess it's because we we have this, as a society, with this need for immediate either gratification or, you know, uh, results. And the only result here is that you don't die. 
And I, I don't think that's enough to, to sway people. But in my, my personal opinion, and I am not an MD, I am not a virologist, I, I have a, a doctorate in public health, I've taken a few epidemiology classes, I've worked in public health care for 12 years, it's not a lot. It's, I'm not nearly as much of an expert as someone as, as, you know, say, Fauci or Dr. Bright or McNeil. But I think we need to stay home, continue mitigation until we're inoculated. Uh, and Trump today got angry at Fauci for saying we need to not be so cavalier about sending our kids back to school in the fall. That makes Trump mad because if you can't send your kids back to school... Uh, then you, we can't open up the economy and he can't get more rich. And he's certainly not going to, you know, spend any government money on child care. But we need to be staying at home and we need to be getting $2,000 a month and $2,000 per kid, just like Kamala Harris proposed. This latest from Nancy Pelosi is another $1,200 check, $1,200 per kids. And that's only if people who make up to $75,000. I don't know why there's even means testing your means testing for when people had jobs. What the fuck does it matter what ever, anyone made in 2018? I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm upset about this. You get angry, AG, today. Sorry about that. And speaking of rapid, accurate tests, which is something that uh, Dr. Bright is going to talk about, the test pushed by Trump and developed by Abbott Laboratories used at the White House to get rapid answers to whether someone is infected may miss as many as half of positive cases, 50%, according to a report from New York University um, that the company, the company, by the way, Abbott, immediately disputed. No, you're wrong, education. Listen to us, people with shareholders and a bottom line. From Bloomberg this morning, quote, the analysis, which is yet to be confirmed, found that Abbott's ID now, which is the test, missed at least one-third of positive cases detected with a rival test in as much as 48% when using the currently recommended dry nasal swabs. According to the report by BioRxiv, a server where researchers post early work before it's been reviewed by other scientists. That's the report. Again, not peer-reviewed. From NYU. Abbott says the researchers didn't use the test as intended and that the false negative rate, as reported by the company, is 0.02%. 48% from NYU, 0.02% from the company whose livelihood depends on it. Interestingly, shares of that company fell 2.2% today in New York, um, but they were up 5.7% this year after Trump recommended them. Trump touted the Abbott machine in, uh, with great fanfare in the White House Rose Garden after the FDA approved it for emergency use, saying it could be a godsend because it delivers lightning-fast results in as little as five minutes. I hope uh, the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington and the Government Accountability Office are looking into those who might have bought or sold shares in Abbott, who sits on the board of directors of Abbott. Anybody know? Have those people met with Trump? Kushner? The uh, Committee to Reopen America panel, or CRAP, I like to call them. Nobody on that panel has any healthcare experience, by the way. It's all money people. And, and not, not economists, just rich people, mind you. And speaking of economists and rich people, the Fed chair warned today of an extended period of weak economic growth 
and vowed to use the U.S. central bank's power as needed and called for additional fiscal spending to stem the fallout from the coronavirus pandemic. Interesting timing in that Nancy Pelosi is saying we need another stimulus package and Turtle Dick Mitch and the fuck faces, that sounds like a weird band, uh, are, are screaming, we haven't waited long enough to see if we need more stimulus, even though Steve, Secretary of the Treasury Mnuchin, uh, said, oh, Americans can live for 10 weeks on $1,200. Well, for Christ's sake. Well, it's been nine weeks almost, fuckface. We need more money. People need more money. And now, n- not economic degree holding Fed Chair Jerome Powell, who is a puppet of Trump, is coming out and saying, oh, we need more money. They need more money. Yeah. Grabbing his collar. Ooh, we got to put a give. Yeah, more money. Yeah, so this is Jerome Powell. Here's from Reuters today. Quote, Fed Chair Jerome Powell issued his sober review of an economy slammed by a record pace of job losses and bracing for worse uh, ahead as most U.S. states move toward reopening after weeks of shutdown aimed at slowing the spread of novel coronavirus. This is the dumbest idea in ages. This is going to end up costing more money and more lives But the short-sightedness of this administration, and when I say short-sightedness, I mean they don't see past November 3rd. I I hope everybody realizes that. And these companies like Abbott Laboratories don't see beyond their bottom line. But this short-sightedness is going to cost way more than if we just shut everything the fuck down and put out a $6 trillion stimulus and just paid every American $2,000 a month, 2000 per kid, until it's over, plus three months beyond. It would be cheaper to do that than this piecemeal, here's a little, let's wait and see if they eat it all. Here's a, here's a little more. Wait, just wait. We have to see if we need more. We need more. We always need more. When are you going to fucking learn? They know. I'm sorry. They know. Anyway, uh, so after um, Powell pointed to uncertainty over how well future outbreaks of the virus can be controlled and how quickly a vaccine or therapy can be developed, um, he said policymakers needed to be ready to address a range of possible outcomes. And he said it will take some time to get back to where we were. There is a sense, a growing sense, I think, that the recovery may come more slowly than we would like. You know, Trump's been saying Third quarter is going to be beautiful. Fourth quarter is going to be a gem in my asshole. You're going to love it. You're going to love the fourth quarter. Gina's going to be so jealous. But Jerome Powell says it will come, the rebound, and that may mean that it's necessary for us to do more. So these remarks are an extraordinary nod to the risks the U.S. economy is facing, coming from a deficit hawk central bank guy. And it's rare that the Fed chair says more than a few words. Remember Greenspan? He'd come out and he'd be like, yep, nope, same, bye. And everyone would go, did you hear the inflection in the way he said nope at the end? It went up a little bit. Oh, my God, everything's going to go to hell. Oh, shit, we better sell. It's bananas that this guy can come out and and say this is dire and fucked up and we're going to need But I think his remarks may have been responsible for the stock market today, which was down over 500 points at the closing bell, a drop of almost 2.2%. And to make things worse for struggling Americans, grocery prices are soaring. Overall, the price of groceries grew 2.6%, including seasonal adjustments in April. That was the biggest increase from one month to the next since 1974. Since me. Since I've been here on the earth. 
And that's according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Prices at the supermarket are rising sharply because coronavirus has disrupted the food supply chain. When restaurants shut down, Americans start cooking at home, and de- the demand for groceries goes up. But food producers and farmers don't have the ability to shift their food deliveries to grocery stores from restaurants. So it's good old-fashioned supply and demand, Econ 101 stuff. Jerome Powell might even be able to grasp it. The supply-demand imbalance is even more out of whack because meatpacking plants are closing down because of coronavirus. Those are hot spots. And that creates its own backlog. And meat producers have to shutter plants and and shutter plants across the country. And that's why Trump is, like, forcing them to stay open. You better open up, pack that meat. And the United States now faces meat shortages because we've all become dependent on processed, massive processed meat plants, foods, meat-scented treats. Mm. And this is all from private industry and people buying the government. And lobbyists, food lobbyists, people who care about the bottom line, not nonprofit. This is all about money and the government and Republicans. Also not helping keep your grocery bill in check, panic shopping, because customers are buying lots of food they don't need. And some grocery stores are putting limits on purchases to keep from running out of stock completely. Uh, Others are raising prices. And some are passing the rising costs on to us because they face higher costs from their suppliers. What else are they going to do? So, Econ 101, food supplies are pinched, demand is high, prices go up. And finally, if you weren't already mad enough, Manafort gets to go home. He gets to leave prison and spend the rest of his four-year sentence at home because of coronavirus. So, it's too dangerous for him to be in prison, but Bubba wants a haircut. It's, um, it's unbelievable. And I'm using Bubba because I specifically know a person named Bubba who yelled at me on social media today because I'm a fascist because I, I don't want him to go and have his hair cut because that's his liberty. Don't step on snake. Need a haircut. So Manafort gets to go home. Um, Cohen's still in prison. I'm sure there's no favoritism there. And, of course, no one else, no regular folks get to get to leave. Reality Winner is still in prison. She tried to warn us about the Russia interference. She's still in jail. It's amazing. We'll be right back with a chilling look at the potential pivot the Department of Justice under Trump could be making. And that's in an interview with former assistant director of the FBI, Frank Figluzzi. And I'll ask him about the Rick Grinnell unmasking business as well, because that's been pretty confusing for a lot of us. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness, or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Are you having a really hard time with this uh, self-isolation? I know a lot of people who have suffered trauma and use, you know, cope by getting out and interacting with others and doing things are now at home, and they need to be still, and those thoughts can come up, and feelings can come up. But BetterHelp wants you to start living happier. Um, BetterHelp will assess your needs, and they'll match you with a, a licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 24 hours it's not a crisis line it's not self-help it's actual professional counseling done securely online everybody needs a little help from time to time you know i've sought help for my pts um, i highly recommend seeking help when you need it and their service is available for clients worldwide uh, with a broad range of expertise in their counselor network which may not be locally available where you are 
but this is. So you can log onto your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, and you get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to go to an uncomfortable waiting room and sit in an office with other people, which you can't do now anyway. So BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they make it easy and free to change your counselor if you need to. Uh, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. So visit their website and read their testimonials, like this one by a BetterHelp user, H.I., who says about their counselor, Mrs. Katie was one of the most caring and compassionate therapists I've met. She's helped me understand myself better and the nature of my pain, giving me the tools to cope with them. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, joining me today to discuss the potentially dangerous next steps for the Department of Justice is former Assistant Director of the FBI for Counterintelligence and MSNBC analyst Frank Fagluzzi. Uh, thank you for speaking with me today. Thanks, AG. So yesterday you penned a piece for NBC about Trump's Obamagate comments. Uh, he just tweeted out Obamagate in all caps. And you talked about a troubling new pivot at the Department of Justice. And, you know, we've recently seen unprecedented meddling by Bill Barr to go easy on Trump's friends. But where do you think this is leading next? So I, I want to just share with you a little background on this this NBC think piece I did, because when I started writing it, I was into uh, what you'll see in the first paragraph, which is the concept of predictive analysis, studying someone's behavior and the intel you have to predict where their conduct might be headed. And I submitted the piece to a number of major uh, platforms and publications, all of which came back to me and said, Frank, this is a great piece, but it's it's out there. I mean, you're you're actually trying to say that the president's going to the president of the United States is going to accuse the former president and oh. vice president of conspiracy. Oh, but Frank, do you remember when we were out there for thinking that Russia was meddling in, in the election? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I know. And then so so I'm like, oh, OK, um, look, I'm I have a contract with NBC television. Uh, I'll submit this to them and see and have them tell me I'm crazy. Well, in the in the course of the 24 to 48 hours that transpired while I was getting a rejection complex, oh. of course, lo, lo and behold, um, the president of the United States started tweeting and retweeting the very conspiracy theory I'm talking about, including retweeting an article from The Federalist that claims that uh, Obama and Biden and you name it, Comey, Brennan, Rice, whoever, sit, all sit in a room, Clapper, all sit in a room um, trying to gin up the Russia case uh, for the express purpose of taking Trump out. And um, then he starts uh, tweeting Fox News hosts who are saying the exact same thing. And then um, we see, you know, DN, acting DNI Richard Grinnell show up with great fanfare with a satchel in his hand at the front door of the Department of Justice because, you know, he's going to unmask the terrible people who found Flynn was the guy on the wiretap talking to Kislyak. And then we have a Rose Garden press conference where Phil Rooker asks Trump the question, what what kind of crime are you are you accusing former President Obama of? And Trump responds, Obamagate, you know the crime, you know the crime. So then we then we then he tells reporters, hey, I had a call with Putin. Uh, this is, by the way, on the very same day that that DOJ files the motion to dismiss the Flynn charges. I had a call with Putin. We we talked about this. We talked about the Russia hoax, and quote, 
a lot of things might happen, unquote, next few weeks. So my, my, my point is not just that I'm recovering now from my rejection complex, but rather that um, what seemed unbelievable two or three days ago has actually come to pass. Well, Barr hinted at that earlier, didn't he? I mean, when he went on, I can't remember if it was Fox or ABC, and, and made the comments, you know, well, we're looking into it. And if there's crimes, you know, we're going to hold people accountable. I mean, he sort of, uh, we call it lubing the truth here on this show, where you sort of like smoke out the, what do they call it, smoking the jury or something, where, you you know, you, you drop what you're about to do so when it hits, it doesn't hit as hard. Um but he he was he was sort of laying the groundwork for for this even before Trump went on his crazy 125 tweet every seven minutes Mother's Day <laughs> come thing. Yeah, we so so Trump has an accomplice um, in this, and and that happens to be the Attorney General of the United States, who's riding shotgun on this this travesty train ride that that we're on, and he's all the the, the Attorney General in many ways over the past couple of years has signaled. His willingness to and complicity to help Trump out of this mess and to more importantly twist the truth. So you know, and we're talking about everything from that four-page summary of the of the Mueller inquiry and calling a press conference to shape the public perception of it, and now appointing John Durham, the U.S. Attorney in Connecticut, to you know get to the bottom of the vast Russian conspiracy. And and so we're we're going to see, and then of course that we fast forward to the Flynn filing. Uh, and, and so we're going to see over the next few weeks and months and very conveniently right up to the election, this this kind of sword of Damocles hanging over the head of anyone, including former President Obama, who who touched um, the Russia case. And the right wing is eating it up hook, line and sinker. Um, Fox News is every night is hitting this um, hard. And and I, I think it's important to the facts on this. I, I don't want to be that guy that that does uh, podcasts and TV appearances and just says, oh, this is all a bunch of nonsense. I, I want to dig deeply into um, the facts of this, what we know, and more importantly, what we don't know. Right, because that's how we combat it, is to discuss the facts and the details. And, you know, and you're, you were just bringing up all this other stuff with Durham and, and appointing U.S. attorneys to look into Flynn and look into Stone. Because uh, you say Trump is still very sensitive about 2016. We know from Bob Woodward's book that he kept an electoral map, maybe still he does, on display outside of the Oval Office. So he's still very, very, you know, uh, about trying to unwind this entire Russia investigation. He's been doing it his entire presidency. It goes directly to the heart of how he sees the validity of his own election. So it's much like a baseball season when there's been a strike, right? You in the in the record books, there's an asterisk next to that entire season, and in parentheses it says, you know, strike occurred during the season. So basically, don't pay attention to these stats. To him, not only it's a double whammy. Not only did he not win the popular vote, but now there's this perception that since it's been proven that Russia interfered in the election, then quote. That, that, then, comma, they must have actually got him the win. The reality is, A.G., there's never been proof that Russia got him the win. That, that, that's hard to quantify and, and qualify. There's been proven evidence, including confirmed by the Senate Intelligence Committee, controlled by Republicans, that indeed they went all out to do this. And we indicted 26 Russians for doing it. So he, in his mind... The way you become more valid in terms of the presidency is you get rid of this taint. How do you get rid of the taint? You have to get rid of those indictments or at least at least 
cause a perception that those indictments were tainted and part of a vast conspiracy. Barr has signed up for that cause, um, and we're going to see some people absolutely um, ruined and destroyed in the process. I would not be surprised if you see the Attorney General of the United States take whatever John Durham comes up with, twist it, contort it, and and issue statements that make people think, yep, um, Obama and more importantly, Biden, who's opposing the president, um, they came up with all of this. And so if you dig deeply into this, um, here's the condensed version. What we know so far is that um, the, the intelligence community came to President Obama during the transition period when, when Trump had, had won, and here comes the transition team. The transition team is about to receive very sensitive briefings, right? It's that, it's that crucial time between November and January when you start really uh, informing the incoming team of the world picture and sensitive intelligence. And so they come to the White House and they go, hey, serious problems with Flynn. We got him on tape. We, you know, we, 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 he's, he's, he's been paid by Russia for speaking engagements. He's an unregistered foreign agent of Turkey. We've got photos of him and Putin in, in Russia. And, and by the way, you know, we've got these greater concerns about Russia, uh, now proven Russian assistance to the campaign. What, what say you president Obama? And what appears to have happened is by all accounts, um, Obama said, Hey, I, I've got to know what we can brief and not brief to this transition team, and particularly an incoming national security advisor like Flynn. Let's get to the bottom of it. So that's being turned into this smoking gun bombshell proof that somehow Obama fabricated the Russia evidence. Yeah, and unraveling the Russia investigation has the added benefit uh, of giving a pretext for Trump to lift sanctions, you know, the Obama sanctions for metal, for attacking us in the 2016 election. And I appreciate your Major League Baseball uh, analogy because I am a Cleveland Indians fan. And the strike in 1995, we would have won the series, I know. But, yes, but I don't beautiful, keep... <laughs> have, you been, have you been to uh, the, the new field, the progressive field? I, I have. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. But I don't have their season stand, standings hanging on my desk outside of my office. You know, I, I, that's I'm, the point. I'm not that hurt by it. Um, My greatest concern, as you just mentioned, fr since I come from the counterintelligence world and see everything through a national security lens, is that it, those 26 indictments are Russians. I mean, badass Russians. Twelve of them are GRU intelligence officers. Yeah. If we make people think that those indictments are invalid or that ne that never happened. Or even Trump just pretends like, hey, see, the whole thing's tainted. Fruit of the poisonous tree. Therefore, I'm going to I'm going to overturn the sanctions against Russia for messing with our democracy. Um, that empowers the uh, Russia and Putin. And all bets are off in terms of what adversaries will feel like they can do to us. Oh, yeah, that's the scary part. Um, and I wanted to ask you about playing the this kind of thing out to its logical conclusion. Let's say. We do end up seeing charges against Clapper, against Brennan, uh, Comey, um, etc. They likely won't make it past the first round of the court, particularly in the D.C. Circuit. I mean, I, I imagine that the the awesome lawyers that these folks would hire would file motions to dismiss, and it would likely these cases would be dismissed. So what's the end game here? Is he just pushing it out to get the charges and then have the election, and then they just go away? Like, what's the goal? 
Yeah, you don't even need to actually get a grand jury to indict. You theoretically don't even need to get to the grand jury. What I think is going to happen, AG, is we're going to see some attempts at criminal charges, probably at a very low level. Uh, uh, the, the easy one, and by the way, I, I can get into this, it's not that easy, but the most logical candidate at a low level would be the FBI attorney mm -hmm. who allegedly fabricated, and, and I'll get into this in a second, allegedly fabricated a, a, uh, an email um, in support of the FISA affidavit against Carter Page. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's the first one you're going to see. That's what I thought, too, because, I mean, you know, they say that uh, he was they were trying to determine whether Carter Page was an asset to the CIA and it was misclassified. He was misnamed. It was a misnomer. And, and they added something to an email after the fact, allegedly. And we, we may have even had this discussion before, A.G. I, I've talked about this so much, I can't remember who with. But look, in the course of my career, um, I can't tell you how many times I've had go-arounds with the CIA about how to properly characterize one of their sources, operatives, informants, contacts, associates, um, unpaid, uncontacted, and, and they'll go in circles. And, and look, that's the world they live in. And you can get three different answers from three different people on three different days about how to characterize someone that they're talking to. And so it's what I'm hearing, and, and, and by the way, I can, I'll stand corrected on this. If this was an outright fabrication by an FBI attorney, right? But my, what I'm hearing is that he was trying to get this right as to how the agency was characterizing Carter Page and make it explainable easily to the FISA court. And so um, the language, you know, was being played with and, and manipulated to try and figure out what the agency was saying on any given day and, and portray it correctly. I, if that's what happened here then there's no way a grand jury is going to um, indict. And by the way, it's going to that would require the CIA to come forward mm. and, 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 and release classified information to a grand jury about what they were doing with, with Carter Page. So even that might not happen. But to, to answer the question about where this is, is going, you don't have to get to criminality, right? I mean, even, even uh, Trump said, you know, when asked what the crime was, uh, Obamagate. Well, there's nothing in Title 18 of the U.S. Code called Obamagate. So you, what you'll have is Barr, um, through the next six months, start to attack folks, start to lay seeds of things. And then you hear him watch carefully, listen carefully when reporters ask Barr, is there going to be a report from Durham? You get, I don't know, maybe, we'll see. So, so wait a minute. Oh, you know, you know, we'll see. Yeah. So you've got a U.S. attorney and an entire team tearing apart um, a case against uh, a campaign and a president, and you might not issue a report? Why might you not? Well, because this allows me to spin and insinuate and destroy people. So, you know, just plant the seed in people's mind. We're headed to a grand jury. We're thinking about it. We're fixing to get ready. Um, or we present it. You know, it's like the question, when did you stop beating your wife? Uh, once once those words are out of somebody's mouth, mm. there's nothing you can do to to deny or dissuade them. So once he says grand jury, we're going to try, we're going to go. We we went and they said no. 
Um, it, that's all that matters in certain people's minds. Yeah, and I mean it. it that he, and you're talking about counterintelligence, previous patterns of behaviors. That's what he did with Ukraine. Just the mere announcement of an investigation without even having to do one uh, would have an impact. So I need to squeeze in a quick break, but I do have another question for you. Will you stick around? Sure. Okay, great. We'll be right back. Uh, we are talking to former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence, Frank Fagluzzi. Stick with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG from The Daily Beans. Due to the global pandemic of COVID-19, the job market has been uncertain for the past couple of months, and, and we don't really know what the future will hold. None of us can predict it. We're all in uncharted waters, and as a small business ourselves, we understand what employees and employers are going through right now. Employees are worried about their jobs still being there when this is over or having to find a new one, while employers are concerned about their business surviving and hoping that both customers and employees can come back. Uh, in the effort to dissuade fears and provide some assistance and comfort in these crazy times, we'd like to relay the following message from our sponsor, ZipRecruiter. They say, right now, we can not be overwhelmed. We have to work to keep our loved ones safe and protect our communities. We have to work to stay strong, to stay connected, to stay focused. We have to work to inspire and to innovate, to build new solutions. But for all this to work, we have to work together. At ZipRecruiter, we connect employers and people every day. But today is different. We're partnering with first responders, government officials, and the medical community, the innovators and manufacturing, transportation, and food distribution industries to make sure we're finding the right people for the right jobs right now. So let's work together. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Frank, thanks for sticking with me here. Um, I just had a couple more questions for you. What do you think of the notion that by... Well, first of all, tell me, explain to me what this whole thing is with Rick Grinnell and the... Uh, unmasking uh, Fox News, I believe, uh, just put out the report that um, Biden, Comey and the intel chiefs were among those who wanted to unmask Flynn. What, what does that mean, unmask Flynn? Yep, this is really important because, again, we're going to get a steady drumbeat of this on Fox News every night. OK, so we saw Grinnell with great fanfare walking into with a satchel to Department of Justice headquarters. That was all staged. And <laughs> It was like the Nunez running at midnight or, or the or the parchment envelope with calligraphy sent to uh, by by Giuliani. They're just so funny with their really lame like staging. Shit. But you got you got to give them credit. So here's 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 some important background on what unmasking means. When a certain three letter agency um, that we shall not mention um, intercepts uh, conversations, let's say, you know, and these are, by the way, all court authorized intercepts almost always a foreign national targets. Um, occasionally, more than occasionally, an American citizen will be uh, intercepted and captured um, speaking to this person. It could be that this target is ordering pizza from Domino's and the pizza delivery guy is saying, hey, I'm outside your door. That gets intercepted as part of the wiretap on the foreign person, right? Well, that happened with one Mr. Michael Flynn, who was talking with ambas Russian ambassador to the United States, Kislyak. So the way that report shows up on your desk, and, and it, many of them showed up on my desk when I was AD of counterintelligence, um, is unnamed U.S. person or unnamed, you know, us per or unknown person. You then have to go back to that agency with three letters and say, I have a valid, I have a valid reason for knowing who that was, right? And if it's a pizza order, you don't have a valid reason for knowing. And that agency, believe me, will tell you, uh, take a hike. That's a pizza order, right? Mm -hmm. But instead, what they'll usually come back is they'll courier to you because it's top secret. Um, literally, a human will hand you the unmasked name. 
and because you it's determined you have an intelligence reason. And of course, if you are, oh, say a president or vice president trying to figure out if you can trust an incoming transition team or who the hell is undermining my policy by talking sanctions with a Russian ambassador, mm-hmm. um, because that's I, I need that missing name. Who the hell is doing this to me? And if you're the FBI or CIA or, or Susan Rice, at you know, National Security Advisor, or the UN Ambassador um, Susan Power to the United Na- you know, to the United American Ambassador to the United Nations, and someone's talking about undermining sanctions and telling the, the ambassador to Russia, don't don't pay attention to these sanctions, we'll take care of it. You want to know that name. So you ask for it to be unmasked. So you're gonna see people all you know in the Obama administration who are saying, I had a valid reason to know, and that three-letter agency said, Yeah, I think you do because they're messing with you, and here comes the name. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole law about that. It's called the Logan Act. I know we never charge anybody with it, but you're not you're not supposed to act as an agent of the federal government if you're not one. Um, and by the way, I, I get that Logan Act is a crime that's almost never charged. I, I, I get that. But I'm saying understand the bigger picture. It's an intelligence counterintelligence threat picture. Of course, of course. I don't think, I don't think Susan Powers or Susan Rice is sitting there going, uh, I want to charge the Logan Act. I think they're going, who the hell right. is telling the Russian ambassador that, that not to pay attention to our sanctions? And, and, and the President Obama likely saying, I need to figure out if I can trust to brief uh, at the TS level to the incoming Trump team who is doing this. That, and that's a valid purpose. Now, what do you think of the notion that by investigating and, and possibly trying to charge folks, but even just investigating folks like Brennan, Biden, and maybe even Obama, that uh, Trump could knowingly or inadvertently leave a bad taste for going after a preceding administration as he faces losing the election in November? I thought about uh, somebody mentioned that on Twitter, like, uh, I don't know. That's probably just a a benefit, a side benefit. Yeah, be 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 careful what you ask for. You might get it. So but you you want you want a previous administration investigated for 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 little and nothing, then you better be prepared that it's going to happen to you. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of irony here. Don't forget, we have a president and his lawyers as recently as this week <laughs> in the Supreme Court claiming that the president has vast powers to do whatever the hell he wants. Mm, yeah. And now, what's the president saying? Uh, Obama should not have had had briefings from the intelligence community on on the Russia case. Well, you're, which which is it? Yeah, you 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 think a lot like me. My very next question was: Given the arguments at SCOTUS yesterday, how does this square with Trump and the Department of Justice arguing that presidents are immune from investigation and prosecution? <laughs> so yeah, up is down, down is up. Uh, yeah, this isn't the only dissonance by the administration. They fight for pre-existing conditions while litigating against Obamacare. They say they're trying to save Social Security while cutting it in their budget. That's why you know I, I believe Maddow always says, you know, watch what they do, not what they say. Um. But, yeah, I I really appreciate you explaining that to us because I know you're a counterintelligence expert and I just wasn't sure what the unmasking thing meant. So now it's clear. uh, It's much more clear to me that uh, there were senior officials within the Obama administration who wanted to know the name of the person talking to Kislyak in an intercepted uh, call from a three letter agency talking about don't freak out over the sanctions. We'll take care of it. Yeah, it makes total sense because then we had what, you know, what did Sally Yates do and what did the two things Obama warned the incoming president about uh, Flynn and North Korea? Well, yeah. And that Flynn is compromisable. The, sure. the moment the moment the White House came out and said, hey, Flynn never talked about sanctions with the Russians. The Russians own you now. They own Flynn. And that's what Sally Yates was trying to tell them is, hey, wait a minute. We have Flynn on tape 
saying this. So they own him because they know he's lying to you. And now you've said it publicly, they can screw him over at any time. And that's what she was trying to say. He poses a threat. And that's what those FBI agents were trying to get to the bottom of when they showed up at the White House to interview Flynn. And just real quick before I let you go, explain what that would look like. Uh, compromised Flynn, Russians know he lied. How could the Russians screw him? I don't I don't know if there is a lot. I, like, I feel like there's some people out there who don't quite understand how that makes someone compromised. Well, if you – so if, the, the bottom line is when someone – if you're in a position of trust, top secret clearance, close to the president, it doesn't matter. You could be anywhere in the intelligence community, quite frankly. Um, and if the bad guys have something on you that you're keeping secret – and keeping secret is defined by you lied to your boss about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that boss embarrassingly has gone public with the, with what you've told him, which is a lie. They come back at you and go, hey, uh, hey, General Flynn, um, you know, we need you to side with us on this issue. We need you to convince the president of X, Y, Z. Um, and you know what? If you don't give us this piece of information, this position paper, this classified intel, uh, we're going to tell folks that you did commit a violation of the Logan Act, that you did tell us to stand down on anything regarding sanctions. And oh, by the way, when you got paid $30,000 to show up at a dinner in Russia and sit with Putin, um, and you claim you don't know how that was paid and all of that, we'll expose that too. Yeah, straight up blackmail. And why wouldn't a general, a patriot, quote unquote, just call it out, just go public would say, I'm being blackmailed by the Russians, or, or, I mean, I don't understand, is it just the desire for power and money that overtakes somebody's duty? I, I, I just don't know how you make it that far in that kind of position and, and sell out the country, which is what Sullivan was saying when he said in his courtroom, December 18th, I think 2018, when he was about to sentence him and he talked Flynn out of it. Uh, saying you need to go forth and cooperate more because I hate your face right now. And he pointed to the flag behind him. You and I have talked about this and said you have betrayed everything that stands for, asked the prosecutors if they'd looked into treason. I mean, I think that is sort of the the crux of it, isn't it? Yeah, the the behavioral studies of folks who actually do these really stupid things um, is fascinating to me. But it requires you to to understand the history of Flynn and where he's coming from. Let's not forget, um, he was the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, DIA. Um, It sounds like a really cool position, and and it is if you're one of the intel nerds like me. Yeah, I I remember visiting the Pentagon walking past that their office. And I was like, ooh, ooh. It's a very important institution. But in the in the scheme of things in the U.S. military, it's not the cool kids department, right? It's not you're not in, you're not leading battle. You're not in the combat theater. And and he even worse, he develops a reputation as a rogue cowboy that causes Obama to feel he's insubordinate and to recommend that he not get anywhere near an important position. Even Chris Christie was recommending against the hiring of General Flynn because of his cowboy reputation and 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 the fact that people didn't like him or care for him. And Obama removed him from the DIA position. So he has a huge chip on his shoulder. His, his career is essentially ended. He's not going to get where he wants to be. And so in, in retirement, he's looking to get some posture and some cash. And where does that come from? Well, I can give speeches for 30 
thousand dollars a pop, even if they're in Russia. Really bad judgment, but I've seen it before. Well, as a veteran, it I'm disgusted by it. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I was a, a support position uh, in, in the military. I was a Navy nuke under Clinton, so it wasn't you know I wasn't one of the cool kids either. But um, <laughs> mm. you know, uh, it's it's just. And and then to take the position of, of being the patriot is is just it's disgusting. It's gaslighting. And we're gonna I think we're gonna see a lot of this, just like you said in your piece. We're gonna see um his base falling for these, you know, charges if there are any, or at least the attempt to make them, they'll fall for it hook, line, and sinker, and they'll all come after us and gaslight us for being part of the deep state. We are it's gonna get worse. We're we're going to see Flynn rolled out at campaign rallies. We're going to see uh, Navy SEAL, former Navy SEAL Chief Gallagher, uh, accused of war crimes, um, uh, but for uh, Trump's meddling in that, rolled out uh, as uh, campaign surrogates, and it's going to be disgusting. Well, let's all prepare for it, because it's going to happen. Uh, And thank you very much for joining us today, everybody, uh, former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence, MSNBC analyst Frank Figlusi. Thank you again so much for speaking with me today. I appreciate it. Stay well, AG. Bye. All right, everybody, stick around. We'll be right back after this break with the good news block and quarantine confessions. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this Helping of Daily Beans is brought to you by Beachbody On Demand. I know right now we're all stuck at home. It's easy to become permanently planted on the couch. I know I have for a while, but I feel like I need to keep moving, both for my mind and my body. Um, I want to, you know, not atrophy either of those things. Uh, And you can work out and even take classes in the comfort of your own home with Beachbody On Demand. Beachbody On Demand is the easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to over 1,300 super effective workouts suited for anybody at any time. Beachbody On Demand is the best streaming workout platform. The people who brought you P90X and Insanity and Focus T25 and the 21-Day Fix. You can check out some of Beachbody's newest programs like the Morning Meltdown 100 and 80-Day Obsession. And you can start every day strong. I just started 80-Day Obsession uh, a couple weeks ago. It's amazing. I feel stronger uh, and more accomplished before I have my first cup of coffee. And with Beachbody On Demand, you'll get motivated by celebrity super trainers and have access to hundreds of effective workouts at all levels. With You can do weight training, cardio, yoga, uh, dance workouts. I'm going to start those next week. I want to do... Um, there's some hip-hop dance workouts, hip-hop abs. It's so amazing. So exercise on your schedule with workouts as short as 10 minutes that don't require any equipment. And so, you know, this is the best deal in fitness. And listeners of the Daily Beans can try it absolutely free. I really want you to check out Beachbody. So right now, you can get a special free trial membership when you text Daily Beans, all one word, to 303030. You'll get full access to the entire platform for free. All the workouts, the nutrition information, and the support, totally free. Again, just text Daily Beans to 303030. Okay, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. And joining me today for the good news block and quarantine confessions is Jordan Coburn. Jordan, how are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Still unpacking, I assume? Yes. I have two boxes left, and then I have all the shit that was in the other boxes laying around, unboxed. <laughs> <laughs> so you unbox things, and then you put everything away, find a place for it? Kind of, yeah. Like, I try to do it, I f- try to find a place for it as much as I can, but, like, I have so many books, and I have no idea where to put those. I'm gonna have to do some, like, creative thinking to, to store everything, but um, it's going good, though. Good. Glad to hear it. Yes. Um, glad you're doing well. Thank you. How are you? 
ah, yeah, you know, I'm good. Um, I'm sleepy today for some reason. I can't figure it out. But um, I guess it's, I, it's just one of those, I got a lot of sleep, but, you know, I woke up really early. I got up at like five this morning. I think it's just because I slept for so long. Mm. I was just so tired last night. Um, must have been like the uh, getting up at 630 and then having to listen to the oral arguments at SCOTUS and like really and then that minute order came out from Sullivan and I really had to like use my brain pretty hard and so then I had carbs and so then I was just out (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was on such a strict diet and exercise regimen before the move and uh, you know how I said hey can you can you wait one second I'm finishing eating I was eating frozen frozen yogurt Frozen yogurt I had per- I had gotten last night, then put in the freezer oh. overnight, and then mm. ate again. That was my meal. <laughs> I think that sounds delicious. Uh, it is I might delicious. have pizza for dinner. I don't know. I don't know. Ooh, yes. We'll see how it goes. I should stop. Do I should stop? But <laughs> it's, it's like for what? Nah. <laughs> uh, anyway, for my health. I know. I know. All right. Well, what what sort of uh, good news have we gotten this week? We have so much good news. I'm going to kick it right off with one from Anonymous. Anonymous, just a reminder, you can always put Anonymous. In fact, if you want to be Anonymous, please make sure you put that because sometimes, yeah, we'll just read it and whoops. If you didn't tell us you didn't want our name, uh, your name, that's our bad. So just tell us. Uh, first up from Anonymous. My best friend declared his love for me about four years ago, and we had a major falling out. Oh my gosh. I was dating a terrible man at the time and was not prepared for his declaration. Terrible man and I broke up over a year ago. During the pandemic, the old best friend and I decided to mend fences. We started talking every day, and now, two months later, we are finally together. Turns out, I love him a whole lot. Holy crap! (laughs) That's amazing! Wow, yeah, something like that happened to me. Um, That's so, it's weird when that shit goes down like that. Yeah, that's the best. You know, sometimes we're not ready for the right person, you know? Or, like, there's many ways of conceiving of what leads to paths not matching up at certain points in time. But, like, you know, what for whatever reason, you, you all weren't ready for it, and now you are, and here it is. Boom. Mm. That's love, love advice from Jordan. Boom, there it is. <laughs> now you are. Here you go. <laughs> Okay, amazing. Well, best of luck to you and your lover and your lifelong journey of love. Uh, Next up, from Anonymous. Anonymous says, I'm still getting paid during quarantine slash lockdown slash hell slash whatever you want to call it. So when I received my stimulus check, I donated 75% of it to the local food bank and 25% to the Get Mitch or Die Trying Fund from Crooked Media. I got a personal phone call from the food bank thanking me for my donation. The person I talked to told me they've been in much higher demand than normal and said how grateful she was. I know my area hasn't been hit by the virus that hard, but that doesn't mean people aren't suffering. Honestly... Yeah. It just felt good to be able to do something. Thanks for all you do to keep us all safe, entertained, and informed. Yay! Thank you! Awesome. Yeah, that's great. That is great. Good person. Um, next up from Melissa. Melissa says, several times on the show, AG has mentioned the, sh- the movie The Jerk. This is one of my all-time favorite movies, and I reference funny moments from it all the time. But none of my friends have liked it enough to sit through more than a few minutes. It's a small thing, but it makes me incredibly happy to share the movie moments with her. I am not alone. This movie is hilarious, people. How can you not like (laughs) Steve Martin? I feel like he's the most watchable, likable person ever. 
Especially the jerk. You remember when I wanted S-shaped hedges and three swimming pools? Well, I got that too. It's just the best movie ever. And and I I Melissa, I put this to you. Do you remember when he lost the lawsuit uh, for the OptiGrab, a class action lawsuit uh, headed up by I think Carl Reiner, <laughs> and uh, because it made people cockeyed. And he has to. He he actually sits down at his desk with a you know with a drink with a fancy umbrella in it and is writing out checks to all uh like a million people and they're each for one dollar and nine cents. So he's like, pay to the owner of Iron Balls McGinty one dollar and nine cents. <laughs> and I I keep wondering, I keep wondering if that's where the band Bucko Nine got their name. Ooh, that's a great hypothesis. Yeah, so if anyone can find out if that is the case, I've never tried to Google it, so it's probably just easy, easily Googleable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I've never been able to figure out if anybody knows. Hit us up at Daily Beans Pod on Twitter. I want to know. Yeah, I love that. Um, I gotta watch that movie because I still haven't seen it. It's awful. He hates these cans. You have <laughs> to watch it. Yeah, I really, really, really need to watch it. My dad absolutely <laughs> loves that movie. And so does my mom. I Yeah, I, I got to watch it. Um, okay, next up from Alex Murdoch. Alex says, thank you so much for your show. It helps me navigate the highs and lows we are all going through. I'm a healthcare worker and have been under the Emergency Measures Act since our province announced the state of emergency in March. I have been on call or on standby since then with no real break for almost two months. On Saturday, my sister had a local craft brewer deliver a whole box of various beers to my front deck. What a wonderful gift from a sweet person. Aw, Yay. Enjoy the brewskis. That's amazing. Can you drink them when you're on call? <laughs> I would. Maybe you'll just have some explaining to do if you show up. <laughs> just like, mm. Well, you got all that PPE on. Nobody can smell your breath. Ooh. That <laughs> is terrible. amazing. Sorry, no, 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 no. I was just thinking, I mean, I don't day drink now like I used to, but... There were times where it took everything in me to not like you did in your in your all the all those years ago, you twenty seven year old. Wasn't like when I was twelve sitting out on the stoop with Uncle Gonzo. I, I feel like I'm ninety, okay? I feel like Oh God. I I used to I used to uh at my at my temp job, you know, um I was at lunch, and it would take, yeah, everything in me to not order copious amounts of beer or drink. Just because, especially since it's a temp job, it's like, I can fuck around. What are they going to do? Fire me? I quit. I'm temp. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> and then I just... You know, you weren't you weren't uh, around during... Uh, and, and, and our heyday wasn't even like the heyday in the 60s, right? Where everyone actually had bar a bar in their office. But, but back in, uh, like, oh gosh, 94. 6 97 98 99 i was in the telecommunications game uh and only about 20 percent of people had cell phones at the time and we were you know we were selling cell phones and it was so much money just hand over fist it was ridiculous and we would go out to lunch and and like have like at like donovan's like really fancy places and and it just drink during lunch and then come back we like selling cell phones it's not you know we weren't healthcare workers but uh it, that was so common Mm-hmm. Um, back then, it I really love that. Was. Better times. <laughs> yeah, never again. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But yeah, anyway, the face mask covering the alcohol fumes coming out of your mouth. Your drinking drunk dragon vibes. <laughs> I want uh, 
<laughs> I, I want I want to test that theory because it's always like or even an even better example serving when you're serving it's like you want to take shots but then especially serving at the comedy club you're literally just kneeling next to someone just like can I get you more fries and that's like yeah because you have to close talk yes because you have to be quiet yes exactly yeah. and then if I have alcohol breath that puts a lot more pressure on me to not fuck up because you can't fuck up and have alcohol breath it's one or the other I feel mm. Yeah. It's like driving on acid, you know? <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. Please. Uh. Apologize to me about acid. Come on. I've only done it once. So I'm not that cool. Anyways, next up from Barbara Russo. Barbara says, love you ladies and I'm a longtime patron. I've lived in the same neighborhood for 21 years. For the first time in a really long time, I saw kids playing in the street with, the cho- with chalk and a ball. I haven't seen this since my kids were little, and there have always been kids living here, so I'd say this is a happy consequence of the stay-at-home orders. Kids are not being shuffled from place to place on an unforgiving schedule and can actually be kids again. I so agree. I saw, uh, I was going to say, chick chalk. I was just going to (laughs) say. That's a fusion of TikTok and uh, and chalk. Chick chalk. I I saw chalk on the ground for hopscotch. And I haven't seen hopscotch, like, in forever. It was so it was so cute. Yeah, I saw a video, a TikTok, where um, somebody had a hopscotch on there, like a really long hopscotch all the way up their sidewalk. And the Amazon delivery guy came and dropped a package off on his way out. He did the hopscotch. It was awesome. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and I walked my dog this morning, and I noticed there's just chalk all over uh, the side it's like start here hopscotch and then there's a then there's a line and it says weave around this line and then you hang a left and it takes you onto the curb and it says walk the line like it's this little <laughs> obstacle course and yeah. I was like should I do it I'm I'm gonna do it yeah. <laughs> that's so fun it's just fun yeah it's so great totally totally it's like uh being a kid in the 70s again yes exactly minus the murder <laughs> I'm thinking Helter Skelter. I can't think of the 70s without thinking of, of that whole crew. <laughs> Sorry. Well, not um, if you're like eight. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Next up from Tom. Good job on MySpace. Uh, I've been unemployed for almost two weeks, but I've already got a phone interview for... <laughs> but I've already... For I've already MySpace? Got- for inventing MySpace? <laughs> yes. Um, but I've already got a phone interview for a new job later this week. Must be leaving MySpace. And I celebrated by doing a line of frozen Thin Mints. Tom, I'm so sorry for butchering your good news block for my own selfish delivery of a joke. That is fantastic. Uh, Thin Mints, can't think of a better way to celebrate. And I'm so happy that you got that interview. That must be such a relief. I can't imagine how that feels. I am incredibly lucky to be able to do the podcast and be okay and I, I'm really sorry that you had to go through that period of uncertainty. And I really hope that the that interview goes well. Yeah, me too. Sending out good vibes. And that is thanks to our patrons, by the way. That has a lot to do with it. So big hugs to you all. Yeah, absolutely. Let us know for sure how it goes, by the way. You can do that yep. anonymously yep, or publicly if you want. Mm-hmm. Next up from Gerald in Maryland. Good news in quarantine. I dropped off some heavily Lysol care packages with my work team. The care packages included marshmallows, chocolate bars, graham crackers, and sterno cans, ethanol gel burners. We all got toasted, in quotes, making s'mores on a video call. Pick below. Aw. Oh, this is so cool. Nice. Did you see the pic? Uh-uh. 
It's so fun. He's just, they have like a marshmallow on a stick. Text it to me. Yeah, totally. It's just a marshmallow on a stick. Let me see. Yeah. I'm being technologically dumb right now, so I, yeah, you have to look in your inbox to find it, but it's so cute. Okay, I will. Yes. That's wonderful. Um, Everybody, that has been good news. Thank you for all of your good news. Please keep sending them to us. We love them so much, and we love hearing, you know, all the positives. So, thank you. Um, Next, it is time for the best segment, I think, of this podcast to date, Quarantine Confessions. So, Jordan, I have a question for you, a s'mores-related question. Uh, do you light the marshmallow on fire and let it burn, or do you hold it above and let it toast? I let it burn to a point that could be used in a prop for destroying the planet as a meteor. (laughs) (laughs) It is, like, completely charred. Like, I let the whole thing flame. I'm an even toaster. I don't- Yeah. If it lights on fire, I I blow it out immediately. I get angry. (laughs) Yeah. That checks out. I think you have a very like organized personality, you know, and I and I think that's no coincidence that that you toast marshmallows like that, and I just literally set them on fire. <laughs> I remember being I remember being a Girl Scout and sitting around at the end of camp. Every session we ended camp with a big giant campfire, and we're all roasted marshmallows, and my marshmallow caught on fire, and I was like nine, ten. Mm-hmm. And I just went, fuck! And everyone went, ooh! <laughs> and it- <laughs> I was very uh, very emotional about it. Yeah, you're like, AG, you're going to have to rip off your nice lady badge. <laughs> you're gonna- yeah, you're, yeah you're, your lady badge. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's so Yeah, my, my charm school badge went away that day, for sure. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I love that. I, I miss more so much, and I miss fire pits. There's so many things I will not take for granted once we are able to do them again. Um, but I like that workaround that you found on the s'mores, Gerald. Awesome. Yes. All right. Our first quarantine confession comes from Ellen. Ellen says, good news and quarantine confession. I've been sending cookies to my single adult son every week of the lockdown. This week I sent him espresso cookies that are similar to cookies. Oh, <laughs> really? How old is he? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe it'll reveal... <laughs> Oh, well, I can tell you actually in a second. Um, Oh, all right. Yes. This week I sent him uh, espresso cookies that are similar to cookies from a bakery where he went to college and loved. His 10-year college reunion was canceled due to the virus, and he was pretty bummed about it. So there you go. 30? 30 or so? 30s. Yes. Um, Yes, mid-30s. Depends on when he graduated. Yes. Yeah, I was just thinking. I know a lot of people that uh, really, really took a while, so (laughs) who's to say when that exactly is? And that's totally fun. My dad took 10 years to finish undergrad. (laughs) I feel like people who keep track of their college reunions are probably people who graduated pretty early because they're smart. (laughs) Yes. That and you have a more cohesive bond with like a certain group of people, probably if you're on the same four year track. Yeah. Yeah. I really uh I really wanted to do that that freaking sucks. I resonate with that because I was actually just talking to my friend from high school about if we're gonna get 
invited to the high school reunion or not because the person that's supposed to plan it is Mormon and he used to be Mormon and then he came out as gay and like everybody shunned him and I was always bashing Mormons in high school because I just like didn't understand the nuance of letting people live their lives yet and I just wanted to be like (laughs) angry all the time so so like both him and I are completely ostracized by this person and we were talking like if she doesn't invite us or if she doesn't post anything about it we should just like start our own start our own misfit high school reunion without the mormons (laughs) that's what we did we just sort of because facebook sort of killed reunions um we uh at, at xavier college prep we just all just got together one year uh random like you know 18 years later or 21 years later or something like that we were like yeah fuck it mm-hmm. we're not gonna do a we're not gonna go to the biltmore ballroom and fucking eat shitty <laughs> fondue and blankets Velveeta yeah. fondue. <laughs> we're we're going and we're gonna go to a uh, we're just let's, let's just all get together and go to a bar yeah <laughs> so we did i love that and hopefully as soon as this stuff's over y'all can um when i say y'all talking to ellen's son you can come up with some plan because yeah it's such a fun concept and and thing i imagine i wouldn't know i'm still five years old um he (laughs) he probably would have preferred cocktails but postal regulations Mm -hmm. um i ate a cookie or two after i made them the other night just before i went to bed i got a real caffeine jolt it gave me crazy dreams about being in the ocean and looking up and vividly seeing stars and constellations fortunately all were standard constellations no virus configurations also i've gotten my office doing quarantine confessions in our daily zoom calls oh that's so fun one guy confessed to wearing a fanny pack around his house another is living working in a rural area and commutes 200 feet from the house to the garage slash shed where he works he literally gets in the car and drives between the two to give himself the mental separation (laughs) of work and home life (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) that's so fun i should try that just hop in my car drive around the block come back get in the studio yeah oh gosh that's so funny that's lovely i love that uh, all right, next up from Anonymous Californian who would like to stay employed. Bless me beans for I have sinned. This is my first quarantine confession. My work from home wardrobe mm. has gone from casual to what I can only describe as surfer living in a van, despite the fact I do not surf, but the real confession is that I discovered I can successfully do Zoom calls for work while high and no one notices. Yes. <laughs> you live in a van down by the river. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah. I don't go I don't go over it doesn't look like you're using those memos to do work but to roll in doobies. <laughs> Wait, what is that from? That's what you get when you live in a van down by the river. <laughs> Chris <Farley>. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just did the classic <laughs> yes. Saturday Night Live. Okay, amazing. Mm. That was a great impression now that I know it was him. Um I don't go overboard, but a little cannabis in my coffee has gotten me through the last few weeks. Fuck yes. Do it. Why not? Until Zoom gets their shit together and has better quality calls, we're all off the hook. Yeah, or until your boss starts talking about islands and you go, what are islands then? <laughs> That's true. If there's anything you're not even remotely 100% sure of, don't let it leave your teeth. Just... Yeah, just, right? just keep it, keep it in there. That is a good piece of advice. That'll the the stupidity will sneak up on you. <laughs> You're like, whoa, this is like a great question. Oh fuck, 
Everybody already either knew the answer or even worse said it five seconds ago. <laughs> they're, they're talking about like you know the fiscal impact of you know something or other on interest and on you know future returns return on investment in the company and then she just chimes in and goes what is money though <laughs> yeah you guys are you guys are thinking like what would happen if we just like stopped just slowed down you know <laughs> why why the money let's just let it go good. and then and then they promote you to ceo this person's got ideas. Put them up there. <laughs> That's how I hope the world works. That that would be the best. Yes. Me too. Uh, okay. Next up from Aiden. My confession. I had already gone a few days without a bath way back when Seattle started its quarantine, and I hadn't taken one since until this week. Oh, my God. What? That's amazing. How long is, was that? I had already gone a few days without a bath. Oh, and I had, oh, a bath, bath. Okay. I was literally thinking, like, bathing in general, <laughs> but I think they're saying, like, bath oh, like specifically. Showers. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Okay. Um. Oh, the next line. And no, I don't do showers. I've just been getting more, more oh. and more natural. What a roller coaster. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'll be real with you. The estimated time of natural state was two full months. I finally took a bath this week <gasps> after changing a funky smelling filter sponge, which had been making a mystery odor that was worse than me, I think. Once I found the source of the smell and remembered to bring a screwdriver into the bathroom, thanks to the prior homeowner for leaving a bag of replacement sponges under the sink, I took a bath, followed up by adding clean sheets and PJs. This week, I plan to perfect the tube to bed... Oh, tube? <laughs> the tub. The, the tube. Oh my god, there's no E. This was entirely my fault. The tube to bed clean... The tub to bed clean journey. By vacuuming the floor path... And swapping out the cat litter to be totally fresh, not just scooped. Hair is still very mad scientist, though. Thank you for the show and bringing me both enjoyable, detailed news and SD nostalgia. I can't imagine how hard it is to be locked at home there of all places. Ah, that is so impressive. How did you even do that? Does your butt not smell? I have such a smelly butt (laughs) after like 12 hours. It's insane. Two months. That's incredible. I hope I hope one day you're like either nominated to the Supreme Court or a, a professional anchor on some new show and somebody just plays that clip of you. <laughs> I have such a smelly butt after twelve hours. Yeah. Probably not those jobs. <laughs> because of things like this. I have pigeonholed myself into a life in entertainment at this point. <laughs> Oh, God. It's true, though. Um, I do feel like when you go long enough without showers, like, your body just starts to kind of live in, like, a dirt layer that almost serves as, like, a, a like an odor moat. Protection? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Odor moat? <laughs> odor moat. <laughs> Motorboat? No. Uh, odor moat. An odor moat around your body that traps everything in and keeps it out or something. Um, okay. We have, a, we have an episode. <laughs> odor moat. Yes. All right. Uh, Our final one comes from Anonymous. My husband and I have been very lucky to be employed and working from home this whole time. However, my confession, we have lost all of our forks. I'm not joking. We have two left and need to wash them for every meal. 
For a while, we both passive-aggressively thought the other one had a pile of lunch dishes in our respective offices and didn't say anything, but when we realized that this was not the case, holy forking shirt balls, how do you lose forks when you don't leave the house? No kids and no dogs <laughs> who can reach any countertops, so I don't know. We will update you if we ever find them. <laughs> It's the fork fairy, the fork gnome. The fork gnome comes in the (laughs) night and takes your fork. Oh my god! They're probably with all this missing socks. Yeah, that's so. That's so true. Where the hell are they going? That's amazing. Mm. Good luck. Good. (laughs) No dogs. No children. We don't leave the house. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Good luck on your forkless journey. It sounds like a Nancy Drew, like a like a Hardy Boys. The Hardy Boys and the Mystery of the Missing Forks. Yes, and then this is when the fans of Sporks are like, not so funny now, are we? (laughs) Or I guess, unless if you lose the fork, you also lose the spoon, in which case that's way worse. I guess it depends. Uh, (laughs) Well, thank you, everyone, for sending those in. We'll save those other two for tomorrow. We have so many, uh, so many of these coming in. We could do an entire spinoff. Um... But thank you so much, and uh, it's really, really appreciated. A lot of people are are also sending us feedback, saying that they love that we do good news and quarantine confessions, and it really keeps helps keep their sanity. So I appreciate you listening, and everybody. Do you have any final thoughts, Jordan? Before I sign off, um, Steve and I release a new I disagree episode today, and we talk about reopening and like COVID nineteen protesters, and and it's just me and Steve, so. If uh, you want to give that a listen, that'd be awesome. I think the first half of it is super funny, and then the second half gets more serious. So check it out if you're looking for another podcast when you're done with Daily Beans. Right on. All right. Thank you. And everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. And take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>